0: the Lord. Let's all stand. And uh, I'll say while they're coming down this morning, so good to be in the Lord's house. And uh, I thank God for the blood. Can I get a witness on that this morning? And uh, I appreciate uh, the good singing. I seldom, sometimes I come to church and uh, seldom do I come with such as a burden. I mean, preachers always have a burden to preach, but this morning, just an overwhelming burden to preach. And so I ask you to pray for me this morning that God would help us and would touch us. Amen. And that the Lord would give us liberty. Amen. The book of Daniel, chapter number 11, Daniel chapter number 11. And uh, brother, if you can give me a little extra volume this morning, I sure would appreciate it. Daniel chapter 11. And uh, thank God for the blood. Amen. Amen. And you may be here this morning visiting with us. And I want you to know that you're our special guest. If you're visiting, nothing would crown this service any more than to see somebody get born in the family of God. (coughs) Amen. Daniel chapter 11. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Also I in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. And now will I show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. By his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grisha. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven, and not of his posterity nor according uh, none of it, not to his posterity nor according to his dominion which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. Let's bow for a word of prayer this morning. Our Father, as we bow in your presence this morning, we've been reminded of the blood, we've been reminded of the cross, and I pray this morning that the Holy Ghost now would take the word of God and penetrate every one of our hearts this morning. God, help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word, and may we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to do what the will of God would be this morning. I pray that nothing would take first place or preeminence, Uh, in our lives this morning, but your will. I ask you now to draw sinners to the foot of the cross. I pray that backsliders would repent this morning. Lord, those that may be discouraged would be encouraged, but most of all, I pray that you'd be glorified. Please, with our worship this morning, help us, God. We know that we're needy people, and without you, we can surely do nothing this morning. I pray, dear God, that you'd have your way. In Christ's name, we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on going to hell in the prime of your life. Going to hell in the prime of your life. In Daniel chapter number 11 this morning, we know that as we begin this chapter here, that Daniel has sought God, he has prayed, and in chapter number 10, we know that his prayer has been heard. And the angel Gabriel has come down and has told him that uh, there has been evil forces of Persia and Grecia that has withstood him. But thank God reinforcement was called in and word has now come to Daniel. And when you think about where Daniel is at in chapter number 11, as we stand on the threshold of this chapter, these verses that I've read to you this morning are really just a preface of what is about to take place. In chapter number 11, it begins with the end of the Persian Empire. And it talks about from verse number 4 on throughout uh, to verse number 35, the rise and the fall of the Grecian Empire. You may be here this morning as well as I when I read this text and I thought to myself, what does all this have to do with the Jews? And what does all this have to do with Israel in the last days? And, And where does it have to do with us? Well, it's laying the foundation. Foundation because uh, for you and I, from verses 1 to verse number 35, it is just history. You can go on the internet and you can read about the Persian Empire. You can read about the Grecian Empire. And from verse number 36, it's prophecy for you and I. Because as I remind you, we're standing on one side of this text, uh, but Daniel was standing on the other side. For Daniel, as he is standing in verse number 1, from verse number 1 to verse number 45, every bit of it is prophecy in the eyes of Daniel. And God, through the angel Gabriel, is laying down a foundation and giving detail and answering the prayer of Daniel as to what shall be in the last days concerning the nation of Israel. Having said that, this text opens here in verse number 1 and 2 as it talks about the four kings of the Persian Empire. And I call to your attention, verse number 1, as we see the period of this preface as he said that it was in the first year of Darius the Mede. so it gives a timeline of when this prophecy came to pass uh, then we see the power of this preface, uh, preface uh, as the Bible said that he stood to confirm and to strengthen him talking about Gabriel was strengthening Daniel through the understanding of the word of God you see what that says to us this morning is that you and I uh, do not have the capability within ourselves to understand this book Amen? is that not what the Bible says in the New Testament that the natural man receiveth not the things of God uh, but they are darkened unto him it takes the spirit of God to turn the light on uh, for any of us to see anything in the word of God and so there is the power of this prefix, uh, uh, preface uh, and then there is uh, uh, the period of this preface uh, but then there is the proclamation of this preface notice what he said in verse number 2 as he says and now will I show thee the truth amen can I stop and say this this morning that's exactly what the Bible does. Uh, is it shows us the truth, Amen, friend. I'm telling you, uh, the Bible says, "Yea, let God be true and every man a liar." You can't trust anybody 100, even though we think we can, because there's errors in every one of us. Uh, we may not, uh, uh, we may not mean to say something that is wrong uh, or something that has an error in it, but man at his best uh, is still full of errors. Uh, but I hold in my hand something this morning that will never tell a lie. I hold in my hand this morning something that is more sure than the mud seals of this old world. I hold in my hand something that Jesus said that when heaven and earth has passed away, it will steal and will not pass away. And friend, the proclamation of this book is that it is always the truth. Amen. And the problem today is is that many people are trying to find a church and a Bible that will fit their life uh, uh, rather than letting their life fit that book, amen? Yeah. You see, there's sometimes I hear things I don't want to hear, but it's good for me, amen? Yeah. I'm telling you, preaching uh, will change your life uh, if you'll submit and surrender to the Word of God. And so there is, my friend, here, uh, the purity and the proclamation of this preface. Uh, it opens up uh, with the Four kings in chapter number or in verse number 2 of the Medo-Persian Empire. We don't have time this morning to deal with those kings uh, but if you'll go to Ezra chapter number 4 in verse number 6 in verse number 7 in verse number 24, you'll see those first three kings uh, and one of those kings uh, uh, the Bible talks about the first was a refusing king as he stopped the process uh, of the Jews building the temple and then that second king was a rascal he was a fake and a phony and then and then that third king was a receptive king uh, as he brought in the decree and God used him. Uh, and then the fourth king, if you'll go to the book of Esther, uh, you'll read about him uh, as he was the king in the time uh, of Esther's day uh, that went down to fight against Greece uh, but was defeated. Now, I'll just give you a little bit uh, of the background of that text there, but it leads us to what we're preaching on this morning found in verse number 3. Notice the Bible talks about another king here and it says, "In a mighty king shall stand. Amen. The question in my mind when I read this is, who is this king? We know that it is not the king of Israel or the Jews. It is not the king of the Medo-Persians this morning. But it is the king of the Grecian Empire. It is none other than Alexander the Great. You say, preacher, what does Alexander the Great got to do with us in 2018? I want to say in this text this morning, notice carefully with me that it talks about his dominion. As the Bible said that he shall rule with great dominion. Alexander the Great, my friend, ruled as no other empire had ever seen in his day and time. His empire reached as far as nearly India. He ruled this world. And we talk about the Bible. talks about his dominion in prophecy in Daniel's day. Then it talks about his dominance in verse number three as it said that he would do according to his will. Now think about this. Alexander the Great did not only just conquer, but Alexander did whatever he wanted to do. Meaning, my friend, that he did not seek counsel. He did not take consult a uh, uh, consult with anybody else, but here is a man that sat on the throne of the Grecian Empire, that Third Empire, that third uh, uh, listen, that third part of Nebuchadnezzar's uh, uh, image that he built, uh, and that Daniel saw and, and told, had uh, uh, called him a leopard in chapter number uh, seven, uh, and the Bible talked about him being a he-goat in chapter eight, whose feet never touched the ground. Talking about the swiftness of this man as he sat upon this throne. Uh, think about this man. The Bible highlights not only his dominance but his dominion. Amen. What a great king he was in his day. Then the Bible talks about something else in verse number three. It talks about his dispatches. The Word of God said in verse number three and again in verse number four. Notice two times it said, And a mighty king shall stand up. Verse four said, And when he shall stand up. You see, Alexander began the throne at 20 and he died at 32. And in twelve years and eight months, uh, I'm telling you, he brought uh, Greece from from one point to another so swiftly and so fast uh, that the word of God calls this nation a leopard because a leopard is fast, uh, a he goat whose uh, feet never touch the ground. Talking about the swiftness uh, of this man as he rose to empire, uh, to authority, and to power, and as he fell, all in a matter of twelve years and eight months here's where we're at this morning, verse number 4. Notice what the Bible says. And when he shall stand up, watch this, his kingdom shall be broken. It shall be divided. And again, in another part, notice it said his kingdom shall be plucked up. You know, I got thinking about that, Brother Laddie, as I was reading the background of these first four verses of chapter 11. And I was thinking about where this stands in Bible prophecy and in Bible history. And I thought about Alexander the Great who took the throne at the age of 20 and died at the age of 32 years of age and 8 months. He was 4 months away from the age of 33. The same year that our Lord was when He left this world. Do you know that it's no coincidence that they say that a man is in the prime of his life at 33 years of age. Alexander the Great had everything that the world had to offer him. When you think about it this morning, he had all the power, all the prestige, all the popularity. He had all the possessions the world could ever afford. He had all the pleasures that money and that riches could buy. Here is a man, a young man at 32 years of age uh, that has reached the height of his pinnacle in society. The world is chanting his name. Success is at an all time high. It looks at 32 years of age uh, as he celebrated his 32th birthday that he could not be brought down. He was the ruler and the conqueror of this world. And eight months later, he was in hell. I'm preaching on going to hell in the prime of your life. Alexander the Great was great in the eyes of the world, but not in eternity, friend. you say say, preacher what does this have to do it has everything to do with Jewish history it has everything to do with Jewish prophecy but on a practical level this morning there is a message that ought to be preached to every one of us if you want a living example a historical example a biblical example of a man that had it all but lost everything he sold his soul for the pleasures and the riches of this world here it is as Gabriel begins to tell Daniel he talks about a man that went to hell and the Prime of his life. Now I wanna say this morning, I am not a Calvinist. Can I get an Amen right there? And just because God knows something and just because God has a will and has a plan, it does not mean that God willed this man to go to hell. Can I get a witness right there? You say, but Brother Gravely, Gabriel is prophesying the death of Alexander the Great and certainly that is true. You say, Brother Gravely, God knew in the beginning that Alexander would never get saved, that he would never receive the God Jehovah, and that he would go to hell. Every bit of that is true. But can I tell you something? this morning, every man, woman, boy and girl still has a choice. You know what would have happened if Alexander the Great would have refused the riches of this world as Moses did? There would have been another wicked king that would have rose uh, and God's will would have still been performed. But Alexander the Great did not have to go the way that he was. Uh, What I'm saying is, men are never robots. uh, God never wills men to go to heaven and wills men to go to hell, even though He knows the beginning and the end. Uh, God, through His mercy and sovereignty, gave every man a choice, uh, made him a free moral agent. Nobody has to go in the direction they go in. Every man chooses that direction. What I'm saying this morning, when you think about this text, notice four things and I'll be through this morning. Number one, when I think about this young man going to hell in the prime of his life, I think about the success of this young man. That he had everything. He had treasures. He had riches. And uh, you can go and read about Alexander the Great and you can study more about that. But I'm not gonna uh, this morning bore you with a history lesson uh, concerning his life. But you can look it up and you can read about his life. Uh, the wealth uh, was unknown uh, as to what he had. He did not even realize uh, how much wealth as he had. But even as the Bible says in verse number four, uh, the word of God talks about that his kingdom would be broken. It would be divided. Uh, I'm telling you, he was defeated. He was Divided, he was destroyed. And the word of God said that his posterity, even his posterity, he did not leave them any lasting inheritance. Those that were under him died as broke and as poor as anybody else. They lost their position, they lost their authority. Listen, Greece lost its grip for 20 years until Antiochus Epiphanes came along, proving one thing: that no man lives to himself, no man dies to himself, friend, and the riches of this world while they may seem like a security, they are a false security and success of this world is vanity altogether. Amen. You see, a lot of people think because they have success in life, they're okay. And if we're not careful, we'll esteem one person over another because of their success. Someone gets a great degree. They achieve some high education and that's commendable and thank God for those who have done that but it does not make them any better of a person than anybody else. Amen? The professor and the banker my friend and the lawyer needs the same gospel that the beggar needs and the prison man needs. I'm saying this morning the ground is level at the foot of the cross. God does not see our success he reveals our sin this morning you know why some people don't get saved because they're too successful some people don't get saved because they're too spiritual both will send a man to hell the problem with the lawyer in Jesus' day was he did not think he, he deserved that he needed salvation the problem my friend the rich young ruler was that his success was in his way that he didn't think he needed Christ uh, that he loved the riches of this world more than the things of God the problem of the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, was they never saw themselves as sinners they never saw themselves a- as bad uh, you would be amazed the people that when you start witnessing to them and ask them uh, if you died today would you go to heaven they'll tell you that well I've never done anything wrong uh, and that's a, that's a lie right there isn't it amen they'll say well I I've never sinned. I've never committed adultery. I've never lied. I've never cheated. I've never murdered. And they'll go through those 10 commandments. But I want to say this morning, free up every man is guilty before God. You may be here this morning and say, well, I've been raised in church all my life. Goodness will get you nowhere this morning with Christ. Church membership, water baptism, paying tithes this morning, success in the spiritual realm. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher. You still need to be saved. Amen. There was a lady that was in this church just the other day that she told me, she said, do you remember preaching? And she called this little uh, church's name in a little town, one red light town, and I I really had forgotten about it, but she said, do you remember preaching that night on Tuesday night? And she said, I've been in church for 62 years, and she said that night I got under deep Holy Ghost conviction, and she said I got saved that night. I forgot about that, but it blessed me to be reminded. But it wasn't my it wasn't my doings. It was the Holy Ghost that showed her that. Friend, when you've been in church that long uh, and you've heard that much preaching uh, all of your life, uh, the only one that's going to show you you're lost uh, is the only one that can ever show you you're lost. Uh, you've got to get past the success of the spiritual realm. Uh, you've got to get past the success of self uh, and realize uh, that underneath these clothes, uh, underneath this suit and this tie, is a dirty, rotten, wretched, poor hell deserve and sinners uh, that outside the grace of God uh, there's not anything I could ever do uh, to merit one place uh, in eternity in the presence of God uh, that my standard against his standard uh, is a failing standard this morning that I need his holiness, uh, I need his righteousness uh, and that all of my success uh, is ashes in the sight of a holy God this morning. I think people don't get saved because they don't see themselves as they really are. And a watered down gospel that has made people feel good about themselves and that has has only touched their intellect but has never condemned the soul and the heart of man is not a saving gospel. Friend, uh, I believe it takes faith and it takes repentance. Uh, Repentance shows us who we are and faith shows us what God can do. Uh, They are intertwined and inseparable and once a man repents and believes the gospel, he or she can and will be saved. Amen. See, this morning it takes more than a head knowledge takes a heart knowledge and that heart knowledge friend begins with you and I realizing what we rightfully deserve is a place in hell I thought about the reproach of sin and I must hasten on how that people no longer want to bear it in this day and time people sin they don't want to face the consequences none of us do of course but then they want to go on without there ever being a reproach but sin is reproach to all people this morning And when I think about the success of this young man, what a tragedy. And then I think about the swiftness of this young man that only 12 years and 8 months what he's, was he ruler. What success the devil had spread a table for him like he had never seen. The devil had blessed him. The devil gave him everything that man would want within himself. Power, popularity, prestige, pleasure, possessions. But there's one thing that this king did not have that the king of this world can never give him that it took the king of eternity to give and that's peace, friend, amen. And can I just stop and say this? I would trade in all the pleasures. I would trade in all the prosperity and all the popularity just to be able to pillow my head at night and know that if I never wake up this side of eternity again, I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. You may buy a lot of things in this world, but there's one thing you can never buy, and that's the peace of God. It's not for sale. You can't purchase it, but you can receive it this morning. Amen when I think about Alexander the Great. I think about the swiftness of this young man. How that his life was like a fleeting shadow. You hear me and hear me well. Young people hear me this morning young adults uh, as you're in the prime of your life uh, thinking that you've got plans and ambitions and all of that is wonderful and you've got dreams and you've got goals uh, but I remind you this morning there is just but one step between you and I and death this morning. Uh, Death is on every one of our trails uh, and there will be many that got up this morning thinking they've got a Tomorrow, only to find out uh, before the clock strikes 12 tonight, they'll not be here. They'll be in eternity. And friend, that could be you this morning. You better make sure that your are calling elections been made sure you need to know that you're saved this morning. There was a man that left our church one time, he visited several times, several times. For probably a period of three months. He sat right back here in the back. I watched this man tremble under conviction. Went and ate lunch with this man and was sitting in a restaurant and gave him the gospel one more time. Brother sure assures I'm standing here this morning. I believe the Holy Ghost sat down in that little restaurant. I felt the convicting power of God. I seen the tears dripping off this man's chin into his plate. And he wept. And I watched God bring him down to the brink of the river of salvation. As we were sitting there, this man was under deep conviction. Our conversation must have been 45 minutes long. I mean, our food was cold. We, neither one of us had touched that plate. God had just sat down in that little booth. And I'm telling you, this man started weeping. And he looked at me and he said, I'm lost. I'm talking about a wealthy man. I'm talking about a man that spent 40 years on Wall Street. I'm talking about a man that had more money than he probably knew he ever had. But he didn't have God. He sat there and he said, I'm lost. Preacher, am I not lost? I said, you can be saved. I grabbed him by the hand. I said, listen to me. I said, if you'll get down right here on your knees. I said, I'll get down with you. I said, God will save you right here in this restaurant." There must have been a 30 to 45 second pause as he sat there and just wept i never seen nobody come so so close to the foot of the cross and walk away. I believe he had his hand on the beam. All he had to do was ask. He walked away from God. Brother, I'm telling you this morning, it'd be awful to go to hell in your 70s. It'd be awful to go to hell in your 80s be awful to go to hell in your 60s, and your 50s, and in your 40s. But like a young spring flower that has bloomed on a bright sunny spring day at its fullest, and wither without cause and without any acknowledgement, it would be awful as a young person or a young adult to walk out them doors this morning and die and go to hell. I'm telling you this morning, God woke me up about 4 o'clock this morning Spoke to my heart. I knew what I'd preach on. Brother, I'm telling you, I didn't even know the detail, but I knew what I'd preach on this morning. And I don't believe that's by chance or circumstance. I don't believe that's just something that happened. I believe the Spirit of God is working on somebody here this morning, maybe more than one. It's now or never for you, friend. You may live to be 100 years old, or you may not live past this afternoon. The next time you come to church, maybe in a, it may be in a, a casket. We roll your body down. You say, preacher, you're trying to scare me. No, I'm trying to warn you this morning. It'd be awful to go to hell. And my friend, the walking years of your life, But hell is full of people that thought they had another day. They thought they had another year. Just like this young man, they died in the prime of their life and they went to hell only to find out that the pleasure of this, of this world, their vanity, friend, I would say this morning with all of my fiber and beer, don't go to hell don't die without God please come and swallow your pride listen put it all behind junk your religion and get saved by the grace of God don't hold on to anything the swiftness then can I say this morning the sadness of this young man that he had everything but he didn't have God I understand in the context that he served and worshipped the false idols and the gods of the world and that he didn't know the true God Jehovah, he never really had a chance. But yet somehow in every way, if a man desires the truth, God can get the truth to his doorstep you saw a preacher but he didn't grow up in Israel he didn't grow up yeah but I want to say this morning what about Paul when he said he saluted those that were saints in Caesar's household somehow the gospel got to Caesar's household I believe Paul sold the gospel hey the gospel has got a way of intertwining and weaving into places that nowhere else can go hey they can stamp the Bible out they can have the iron curtain all they want to but the word of God goes where it wants too. It's got power for you to penetrate the bars. It's got power to penetrate the dungeons. It's got power to penetrate behind the iron curtain, behind communism. Listen, God's power knows no limits and it knows no boundaries this morning. If a man wants to know the truth, God can get the truth to him. You tell me how else a Philippian jailer could ever hear the gospel. Two preachers had to go to jail but in the midnight hour, I like what the Bible said. He called for a light and he sprang in. Hey Amen. You get under a conviction, you'll come a running. Amen. And the Bible said trembling. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And I'm telling you, friend, the, the gospel got in his heart and then the gospel got in his home. I'm here to tell you, friend, isn't it good to know that every word, a copy of the word of God that was passed out yesterday, it was not in vain. I'm telling you, friends, sow the gospel, pass out tracts, give out the word of God, witness and preach. There's no telling what God, may do not just today not just tomorrow but what it may do in days and weeks and years to come amen what about it this morning you say preacher could it really have got to his household well think about it it got to your household you know what we are this morning a bunch of Gentile dogs I'm telling you if, you, if you laid the foundation, if you looked at it, you read the Old Testament, sometimes when I read it, I ask myself, Brother Jason, how in the world did you and I ever hear the gospel? I mean, we're on the other side of the world from where it started from, amen? And by all means, the covenant and the promises of the Old Testament, they were not made to us. They were made to the nation of Israel. There's no Jewish blood that was running in our veins. I know we all came from Adam, but I'm telling you, listen, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were on the other side of the tracks. Friend, I don't care if you was born with a silver spoon in your mouth or not. I'm telling you, listen, Jesus came to the lost house of the sheep of Israel, but thank God, I'm glad uh, that when they took turned him away by grace and mercy. God slid the gospel plate our way uh, and hallelujah, now you and I have tasted and we see that the Lord is good. Uh, you and every one of us ought to shout uh, that we're not going to hell this morning. We ought to all praise God uh, that we're born again. Uh, we ought to all be lost uh, serving the false gods of this world but God brought the gospel to America. And this morning, the sadness This young man's life is that he was never reached with the gospel. If you're here this morning and you're lost, you ought to count yourself one of the most blessed individuals. God in mercy, when there's seven and a half billion people on the planet of God's earth, that this morning He's allowed you to hear the gospel. Friend, what will you do with this great invitation? that has been given to you this morning? Will you also die in the prime of your life and go to hell? Will you find yourself in the charred walls of the damned screaming and suffering and pleading for salvation? I wonder this morning if there's a teenager, a young adult that needs to be saved. I wonder this morning if there's an elderly person So, preacher, I'm not in the prime of my life. My my prime is gone. It's been gone for many, many years. And hear me well, friend. You want to thank God for every day of mercy and grace that when He could have sent you to hell, He didn't. But He let breath be in your body one more day so that this morning you could be in this church on Father's Day and hear the gospel and be saved. In just a moment, we will give an invitation. I'm telling you, of nothing else in this day matters. The only thing matters is that you leave this morning knowing that you have truly been born again. You better have more than just a profession. There needs to be a possession. There needs to be something in the, deep, in the recesses of your soul, way down deep in the corridors of your heart, that every time the song is sung or the man of God preaches, my friend, it says, it is well with my soul this morning. You know, I remember before I was lost, before I saved, when I was lost, when the preacher preached on hell, I got troubled. When he talked about eternity, I didn't want to listen. I squirmed in the pew. If I could have found a reason to get out of the service during the invitation, surely I would have. I remember when God hemmed me up. I remember when the Holy Ghost came knocking on my heart. And I remember seeing myself as who I really was. How I couldn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Uh, Seeking in the quicksand of sin. Uh, going down for the last time uh, with no hope and without God. Uh, and all of a sudden the man of God uh, threw out a lifeline uh, and said come this way. Uh, come by way of the cross. Uh, you don't have to go to hell. It was a good day uh, when I stepped out and came just as I am. Without one plea. uh, that thy blood was shed for me Uh, oh I've never been sorry a day in my life what about you this morning are you saved are you saved I wonder this morning as we stand all over the house child of God if you can pray would you pray sinner if you can come would you come I would not go to hell for nobody this morning. I wouldn't stand in that pew lost. I'd take somebody by the hand and say, Would you please go pray with me? Would you please come this morning? I need to be saved. I need to be born again. Friend, you've got to have more than reputation and religion. You better know that you've got what it takes to go to heaven. You better know that you've been born again. If the Holy Ghost is troubling the waters of your soul, then come on, friend. Come now. Come now. While God's a calling this morning. Don't you die in the prime of your life. Don't you die without God, young adult. Don't you die without God, teenager. Don't you hang on to religion. Would you come while Brother Brian sings this morning? While he sings.